podcast más chingón. Puras entrevistas machín. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Get your free download, your free audiobook now. It's all you got to do. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash what did he said and enjoy your book. Tell them Chingo sent you. Don't forget, we're coming to your city and we want to meet you. Tickets at chingobling.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the What Did He Said podcast. I am your host, Chingo Blingo, with the big tamarindo, the ghetto vaquero, el rey de foreplay. And we have uh, Rob in the building. Hello, everybody. My co-host. Marisol. My permanent co-host. Yo, I'm permanent. I'm so glad. Yeah. Brian, in case you didn't know, let me update you. I was the sidekick temporarily because he had no one to converse with. So then I... Will you come to the podcast with it's me? Just temporary. It's just, it's just temporary. temporary. I'm gonna find someone. It's, purely it's like on a that's test. not rude. Shit. I was like, okay. And, we, and, we and have, now all of a sudden, I'm the permanent host. There okay. You go. And we have a guest today. Uh, first of all, we are broadcasting live from the fourth largest city in America, the home of the Astrodome. You know what I'm saying? Be someone type of vibrations going on. We have the entrepreneur. How do I say that? You said it. My perp. boy Ryan. How do you say your last name, man? Soroka. Okay, that sounds like. Puerto Rican or something. What is that? Argentino. Oh, okay. Uh, I was well, Russian before that, but yes. Oh, that's pretty uh. cool. Yeah. like to get into uh, some of that history. Uh, Eighth Wonder. Not only brewery, but now spirits, which did you see the bottles? No. What was that, man? We'll pop some bottles. We, uh, we brought the eight times distilled vodka and some hopped gin and, of course, oh. some, uh, some boss beer. Shout out to Slim Thug. Let's see what this sounds like What's on up, the mic. Thugger? Okay. What did we have last week on? We had uh, Brew GK last week. That's Bun's beer, and yeah. now we're moving on to uh, Slim's beer. It's seasonal rotation, and after Slim, we'll do uh, Paul Wall's beer, People's Champ. So while we're on the subject of the uh, the Slim Thug collaboration, pineapple wheat. That's right. What does that mean? How, how much pineapple was in it? Or It's actually just a little whisper of pineapple. Slim wanted an easy drinking beer with a uh, little fruit play in there um and we went through a, a bunch of different batches and the one that he selected had just a little mild uh taste of pineapple nothing overwhelming but you know it lets you know it's there i, I think that's a great selling point mm. and uh i'm pretty sure i wonder how have the females responded not to not to be like oh uh, they, they love know. it they love yeah it. Mm-hmm. has it been uh you, you know uh, our beer feedback. our beers don't discriminate uh, for, <laughs> of course but for I, men you know. for women for you know all race and gender and sexuality but um it, it definitely has strong feedback strong support i think uh, men and women alike are yeah. drinking well i'm a, I'm a marketing nerd so mm-hmm. I, I see that as something that stands out like oh you should really push the whole pineapple thing <laughs> Well, wheat beers are really nice, uh, really good for hot weather. And obviously in Houston, mm-hmm. we have summer nine, ten months a year. For so sure. uh, a light wheat beer with a little bit of pineapple. Does yeah, the trick. I, I almost assume like this could be a good entryway for somebody that's like closed minded about beer. Like, eh, I'm not I'm more of a blank person. I think this, you know, a little pineapple vibe. The but, universe um, is big with beer drinkers and most folks are actually not drinking independent craft beer. And so, yeah, big challenge a big hurdle for us craft brewers independent brewers is to kind of get those mass beer drinkers and, and kind of introduce them to craft beer well all the studies and all the articles and stuff that i've seen everything i hear is wants just to go that way just though. that um you know there's there's room people are hungry for you know local independent uh they want to support the underdog um especially if they're if they have more like flexible approach like oh we drop we do collabs with hip-hop artists how much red tape would have to happen 
for like a major uh, beer brand it's to like even get that approved uh, you know so many, some stockholder will be like yeah I, I don't jam that person's music we're not gonna have the thankfully we don't have to uh you know report to any stockholders we report to ourselves we do have some investors but everyone kind of signs off on what we're up to and, and they have our back and it's been fun collaborating with you know some houston icons and really representing houston and texas the best we can awesome so let me ask you man eatsy boys that's right was that before eighth wonder so in the timeline of things, Eighth Wonder was being planned on business plan and, and funds were being raised prior to ET Boys getting off the ground. But ET Boys was a smaller scale, smaller scope, and actually did open up before Eighth Wonder did. So it took about two years to get Eighth Wonder up and running. It took about two months to get ET Boys. Um, oh wow! But you know, as a as an idea, as a seed in my brain, ET Boy, excuse me, Eighth Wonder was first, mm-hmm. and just by circumstance, Eatsy Boys open first. And and that was a, uh, a brick and mortar as well. Do you also have we, that? We did have a brick and mortar. We actually first started off doing catering in farmer's markets in a tent you know, around town. Um, and then we bought a trailer and we were actually one of the first five food trucks, gourmet food trucks in the city of Houston. Um, you know, Houston's had a, a rich, long history of food trucks mm-hmm. and taco trucks and mm-hmm. ethnic food, but kind of the new wave of gourmet chef-driven trucks. Mm-hmm. We were one of the first five trucks in Houston and officially were the longest running gourmet so chef spearheaded truck. and survived yeah so we you know we did have a trailer um excuse me we moved out of a tent got a trailer towed that thing around town hit mantras hard did well sold the trailer bought a short school bus converted that into like a little ice cream truck food truck then we opened up a brick and mortar in Montrose. And once our lease expired, we actually wound that down, kind of doubled down at the brewery and sold the small truck and upgraded to the world's first all gold food truck. And that thing's still rocking. Man, you breaking records. No one's counting. No one's counting. (laughs) That's why, like, see, when you a hustler, man, I know it. you just know another hustler. And all four of us in this room are some hustling motherfuckers. Can't knock the hustle. No. Yeah, man. I, I really, uh, I, I really respect that. And also, man, um, you know, I could tell you're doing a hell of a job as a dad. Like you, you really, uh, I see you, you spend time and do you know, a lot of stuff with your kids. It means a lot. That's the most important thing, you know. Yeah. Um, it's all about family and, and we're a family business and, you know, you do it do it all for the kids and, and the wife and, and the fam. And just before this uh, podcast, I took the little boy, our, our nine-month-old, to get a little passport photo. We're going to go visit our family down in Buenos Aires and how to put that little sack of potatoes in oh, front of, uh, you know, in front of the that. camera and take a little picture and just ridiculous. Our babies are the same age. I didn't know that. Nine months? Nine yeah, months. my right baby will be nine months Thursday. Amazing. Yeah. Happy early. Yeah. Nine. yeah. And her little passport, Penny's little passport is uh, down there. Was it downtown? Is yeah. It, is that technically downtown? Mm-hmm. They have a car seat set up. Well, first, the Wait, dude downstairs. Really? Had, well, the dude downstairs from the passport office, he... Uh, has a deli down there nice um and he runs a passport photo service right there so what they do with the babies is it's a car seat with a little white sheet so it's kind of like you know highlights them and the dude happens to be blind huh he has all that going damn and he's taking the photos no okay i was waiting for somebody to make that joke it was going in that direction but yeah uh uh it's pretty crazy that's cool so have you been to buenos aires i have yeah um I'm first generation American. Both my mom and dad are uh, from Buenos Aires and they both have siblings and cousins, aunts and uncles. And so we go down there every three or four years, but this is going to be the first time to take our two kids down there. Mm. So it's going to be a 
fun time meeting. There's new relatives. I've got cousins who've had their kids, and I've never met them. Oh, and that's so cool. to kind of get this new generation together is going to be yeah, exciting. Yeah, that's So who runs cool. a brewery when you're gone? I've got great partners and a great team. I feel very confident it's in cool. good hands, yeah. I want to ask uh, to kind of nerd out about the marketing and the business of everything and the funding process when you thought, all right, we're going to start this brewery. I know listeners would kind of enjoy hearing how that process even goes because I know just knowing a couple other brewery people that it's a very difficult process and a long one. Absolutely. And I think any entrepreneur, anyone who's starting to open a business, it's that cliche, right? Always raise twice as much as you need and allocate three times as much time as you think. No, those are true. Um, (laughs) You know, we were very underfunded and we very... Signif- seriously underestimated how long it would take to get up and running. As I mentioned, it took us about two years. We're like, yeah, we'll be up and running in like eight months. And no, it was two years and, you know, almost ran out of money before we opened our doors. Were you feeling frustrated? Like, this is not going to work? Of or course. were you feeling yeah. like, no, we got this? No, there's there was a lot of hurdles, a lot of frustrations, a lot of setbacks. Um, and, you know, along the way, there's always haters. A lot of people who tell you, terrible idea. You can't do this. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? And you know, you got to push them through. And actually, that's the inspiration for Haterade, <laughs> yeah. our beer, right? Yeah. Kind of a little salty, sour yeah. beer for the salty, sour personalities yeah. out there. That's but um, definitely motivators, right? Yeah. Um, to, to prove them mm-hmm. wrong. Prove that's them funny. Right. Dude, I almost got some, but I haven't had it yet. I you was know, trying to grab some and bring them here, but um, it's all it's all at the distributors. So nice. Like, like, like Haterade. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I didn't know that that was the meaning behind it. I didn't know it was a salty, sour uh, flavor. But I noticed that um, a lot of the, the way y'all present the product is very clever like nice. wordplay um you know brew gk and and all these other you know i wish i could take credit for being introducing clever names that's actually something that's in the craft beer industry long before we started we're, mm-hmm. we're going on year six now and it's fun yeah but breweries have been using puns and play on words and mm-hmm. clever names for decades you know um for for a long time we're just doing our own twist our own voice our own personality and yeah, you know, we have definitely some Houston references, some Texas references, sports references, music references, just kind of our little personality shine and, and, and share the culture. That's right. Well, I think that was a hell of an approach, man, because this is like our city's the shit. And so, you know, having a, a local establishment, um, you know, be proud of the local culture. Absolutely. You know, like dome foam and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, Which I got some as well. Born and raised here. Um, you know, this is who we are. This is what we know. It's as genuine as it gets. And, and we rep the city for sure. Dude, Rocket Definitely. Fuel is like one of the first beers I ever drank. Thanks. I'm glad. Well, I, I hope you like it. Yeah. Um, no, good, 100%. Good. Yeah. it's uh, That's a popular beer of ours for sure. The Vietnamese coffee. Yeah. Right? That's right. Don said, she, she tried it once with my girlfriend like a month ago. And she's like, I swear that kept me up all night. She had like half of a can. I was like, <laughs> so there bad. is coffee. We actually collaborate with a local roaster, Greenway Coffee, a good buddy of ours who provides us with uh, close to 300 kilos of coffee a month during peak production season. Oh, wow. So we're, we're moving weight. I like, <laughs> yeah, coffee yeah. I like that you presented it in kilos, not in pounds or anything else. They, uh, they you them keys, them, man. You could have called, <laughs> called them birds. <laughs> you know, the birdies fly in from that. Uh, where, where are the beans from? Like, So they're sourced all over. Um, mm-hmm. Traditionally, we get Brazilian uh, beans. Um, we're also getting beans from Guatemala. Um, We've gotten beans from Vietnam. So the whole Vietnamese coffee, it's not necessarily that the coffee bean itself is from mm. Vietnam. The uh, style. Th- yeah, the style, exactly. Vietnamese coffee, Cafe Suda, that is typically a dark, strong, robust coffee that's sweetened with condensed milk. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we get kind of a, a seasonal and rotating bean source, but yeah. really we 
brew it strong, and then we add milk sugar to to sweeten it. I did I not tell you? Remember uh, the mm-hmm. other day, Rob? I was like, "Damn, I need some of that uh, Eighth Wonder coffee." Because you gave us some that day. We had a meeting. I was like, "I need some of that Eighth Wonder coffee." I was like, "Cause I just needed something that, that I had a drink." And I was like, "I'm good. I was good for the rest. I was so productive that day after I had that coffee." That's the real rocket fuel, man. That, yeah, that stuff uh, on tap on nitro in in the brewery is. You know, people say, "Hey, let me get a pint of that cold brew coffee," and we we kind of have to warn them. Or are you sure you yeah, want yeah. sixteen ounces what? of this? Some people don't know strong coffee that is stronger than. Yeah. It's so good. Like I was really, uh, that's my, that's me. I love strong coffee. So it was I like, do too. But I got to watch it. If I drink like too much of that, my heart is just bumping out my chest. Yeah. I was feeling good that day. I was like, "Man, I haven't had coffee do this to me in a long Sounds time." Sounds like a, like a junkie. Or <laughs> yeah. And, well, you know, when you drink so much, it, it takes yeah. a lot for coffee to do anything to you. You know, because you drink you it ring so my much. Bell. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> we need a tap in here. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Are y'all familiar with Greenway? A little bit. No, not not much. So, so the, you know, he's got um, Greenway Coffee in Greenway uh, Plaza. Okay. That's where it started, and then he's also got um, it's called Blacksmith. Morning Star, and then he just opened up Coral Sword right here on the East End, um, mm-hmm. kind of like a video game board game bar, and they oh, do podcasts oh, and they do cool. uh, like video game viewing stuff. It's actually a great spot; you should check them out for sure. What's it called again? It's called Coral Sword. Coral Sword. Put it in my notes right yeah, now. Yeah, put you it go. in your notes. Yeah. So, man, you're expanding into uh, spirits, and for, for everyone listening that's from out of town, when you're in Houston, make sure to check out Eighth Wonder and. What is it called? Wonderland? What is the other part? We call it Wonder World. Wonder World, which is like, describe it. So Wonder World is our one-acre beer garden in the backyard. Um, Our brewery is at 2202 Dallas Street in East Downtown, just blocks away from the convention center, the Dynamo Stadium, Astros, Toyota Center, all that, uh, right in the thick of it. But you walk in, and you know we we brew our beer there. We have a 5,000-square-foot indoor tap room. But Wonder World is this one-acre beer garden out back, a bunch of shipping containers that we gutted and painted and made seating. There's shaded area, picnic tables. There's all sorts of art. There's world-class sculptures, uh, the 36-foot Beatles by David Attucks. There's pieces by Donkey Boy. Um, just a little fun haven in our backyard. Yeah. I bet y'all get a lot of uh, out-of-towners, right? Yeah, definitely a big tourist spot. People come just to take photos of the sculptures and the art and, of course, enjoy some beer. Get yeah. some good-ass beer. So... So you have all that going on, but you started under a tent at farmer's markets. Separate business, but yes, mm-hmm. related. Um, okay. Different entity, but yeah, we started hustling, uh, selling sausages on a grill in a tent. What made you want a brewery? Like what made you all of a sudden like, okay, I think I'm, this is what, did you always want to do it or? I started home brewing in college. Uh, my friends, so I went to school in New Orleans mm-hmm. and my junior year, all my friends went abroad. I did not. I stayed in, in New Orleans and I said, I need to get a hobby. So I actually got a, a dog and I learned how to brew beer and mm. I just stuck with it, was brewing at home and, and it was a lot of fun. And, you know, I have a very solid understanding of brewing beer, but um, I came back to Houston, got a job uh, as a financial analyst and that was a good gig, you know, paid, a good gig. It, <laughs> paid <laughs> well, analyst. yeah, but, um, actually was a victim of the recession and got laid off. That was about 2008, 2009. Uh, no, about 2008. And um, I said, you know, I want to want to do something on my own. And I've always been really into food and beverage. Houston's a big food and beverage scene. Mm-hmm. New Orleans is an incredible food and beverage scene. Good thing you got laid off. Man. It right? worked out, yeah. I took, uh, you know, I, I took some time off and hit up the bar scene and restaurant scene in Houston. I started uh, 
waiting tables. I started working at bars, and I realized I want to be in the hospitality industry. I want you know I like mm. people, and I like I like service, and I like food and beverage. And so the idea originally was I want to open up a restaurant. My folks were like, "Cool, go back to school." I was like, "All right, touche." So I, <laughs> I applied to the University of Houston, the Hilton College, the hotel and restaurant program, and I got in. And then a semester later, I applied to the business school for an MBA and, and was pursuing both degrees. And it was my time there. Instead of a, um, a thesis paper, I petitioned to write a business plan. Mm-hmm. And the business plan, you know, I was originally, like I said, talk, talking about a restaurant, but I was still brewing beer at, at home. And I'd actually met my business partner, my current business partner in the program. And we started this underground brew club at the university. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I started thinking, well, what if we do like a brew pub, like a brewery and restaurant? And, you know, at that time in Houston, there was two breweries. And... I said, how does the fourth largest city in America have two breweries? Let's, let's pursue this a little further. Started doing some research and realized that the laws at the time didn't really make sense to do a brew pub, restaurant, brewery. So we kind of scrapped the food side and say, let's just go full-fledged brewery, just brew beer. So wrote the business plan for that. And then one of my other current business partners reached out to me. He's like, hey, I know you're at the Hilton College. I've got an idea. Call me back. Pure, vague voicemails. Like, okay, let me call him back. He tells me he wants to open up a food truck. And that's when the light bulb turned on. I was like, okay, that's how we're going to do the food with the beer. And we started pursuing them uh, in conjunction with each other. And fast forward, and now we got Eatsy Boys and Eighth Wonder. That's so dope. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, that's a really cool story. Yeah. Good thing you got laid on. (laughs) (laughs) For real. So are there any misconceptions you think when it comes to people that want to open up restaurants or be in the hospitality industry? Because, like they say, the statistics are so high of them not working out. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, you know you're lucky if you make it to three years right Mm -hmm. um again this may be another cliche but if you're not passionate about food or beverage this is not the industry for you Mm -hmm. because it's not a get rich quick scheme Uh, it's not even a get rich slow scheme it's you know (laughs) it's a um it's a tough business low margins a lot of turnover um and you got to love it you just you need to be all in and committed to it and Mm -hmm. committed to it for the long haul and if you've got that then you need to pursue p- pursuing just quality, right? Trying to make the best beer you can make, trying to make the best food you can make, and al- also providing the best service you can provide. And you can do all those things, and you're still not guaranteed success, yeah. right? So, I mean, it's a risky industry, but it's a it's an amazing one. It's filled with great people, and just got to be passionate about it. You sure. also tap into the market. I'm sure before it started trying to become a trend everywhere, too, so that almost helped as well yeah and probably. that's so i mentioned you know when i was planning this we were planning this um there was only two breweries in greater houston when we opened we were the sixth brewery to open so a few were clearly in mm. the process before us uh planning fast forward now there's over 65 breweries mm. in the greater houston area so there's been you know a boom in the local industry um and the game's changed it's like record labels yeah exactly <laughs> and then so what about a like you being acquired like by a bigger brand has that ever been a goal or like it, an exit strategy it was never a goal it never is a goal um you, you know we, grassroots? yeah and you know we've always said we want this to be a 99 year brewery oh, it'd be great cool. if uh you know my kids want to run this one day. Maybe the next generation beyond them wants to, you know, be a part of this. This is something we want to be a Houston iconic brand that's around for generations to come. That yeah. is our goal. That's cool. Yeah, we love what we do, and we're lucky to be. You able can to tell. Do it. Yeah, for you sure. You can tell for sure. Thanks. Yeah, you. It's not like some. You know, you you walk in somewhere, and sometimes it's like this must have been someone who had extra money, and you know they decided to do something with it. 
Now every everything at y'all's place was thought through yeah. from decoration to you know the to details. the way you guys brand um, everything. Nice. It was it, you can tell it was totally. You, you said something I didn't understand. What's extra money? <laughs> you know, no, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, There's just people that just don't have. Just okay. Well, I have this money laying around. Let me see what I can do with it. I let do me know invest, some of those people. You know, trying to get a little extra. Yeah. So let me ask you this. So you did your undergraduate in New Orleans. Yes. And then, uh, like the grad school stuff at U of H. U of H. Yep. Uh, what do they call it? The Wolf Program, or what so is it? the I think the Wolf Program is the entrepreneurship program. Okay. But I was at the Hilton College, which the is food. hotel and restaurant. Oh, that's what your nephew did. Yeah, a and couple of my nephews. The Bauer School Bauer. is the business program. The but business. I think within the Bauer School, there's this Wolf Center okay. for Entrepreneurship. Interesting, because uh, which that Wolf thing is happening right <laughs> now? Fest. Yeah, no, I, think, I think it's one of the. If it's not number one, it's like a top two or top three entrepreneurship program in the country. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. basically, that's the one where like they prop up little businesses and people. Yeah, dude, yeah. that that program sounds powerful because mm-hmm. when I went to school, uh, they only had well where I went, they only had an entrepreneurship class, mm-hmm. and it reminded me what you said, which was our final one major assignment. Mm-hmm was a business plan cool so i remember i had to put a business plan together and um it only met on wednesdays like in the evening and it was like two young alumni dudes that made millions Hmm. doing a bunch of businesses and stuff and um the people he would have speak like every week it'd be like a vice president at bluebell ice cream like just a bunch of random one dude that had like a landscaping company but it went public it was like on the stock market or something like big corporate accounts or something but if they had something like that i would have loved to that a whole department you imagine that? Yeah. I had to, I had to like just trial and error. Like, okay, well, that didn't work. It's pretty, it's pretty cool to see U of H kind of transform itself and reinvent itself. It's become a top program in the nation, and you know, it's pumping out great students and and great future business owners and business leaders. It's pretty cool. My nephew, he uh, he went in the uh, the Hilton mm-hmm. that department, whatever degree, and uh, he does barbecue catering. And my sister showed me a picture of his new, um, like, pit. It's, like, on a trailer, the kind you pull. So yeah. she's like, he's about to get a truck so he can pull the trailer. And, and he caters a lot of uh, U of H. Catering uh, I think is like every good week. business. Mm-hmm. It's pretty steady. It's a lot less risky than opening up a restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, restaurant it's prepaid, just right? Prepaid. You've got, you know, you're, you're kind of dealing with future bookings where, you know, a restaurant, you just got to open the door and hope people walk yeah, in, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Whereas uh, catering, like you said, you're going according to your uh, bookings. Absolutely. I mean, you got to hustle and get your name out there a little bit, but you know, you, you land a few accounts, a few events, and you knock it out of the park. Typically, word of mouth will start booking you, you know, in the future. That's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's anything that schools are lacking as far as teaching entrepreneurs? That's. I mean, I think our schools are lacking a lot of things. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I wanted to go down that road, not to get too, you know, social, <laughs> socio-political, but yes, I think, uh, you know. I didn't grow up learning government to the liking that I would like to know. I didn't grow up uh, learning how to manage finances as well as I think I should have. You know, I learned all that as an adult, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, those are things that we should be instilling in children early on and Mm -hmm. teaching financial responsibility and teaching uh, business ethics and and really... They don't pollute. Yeah, and then just, (laughs) you know, giving, giving children the keys to success so that they can enter the workforce and be productive, successful members of the workforce or business leaders and owners. We try to do that with uh, Mickey, Mickey mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, for, for example, when she has money, you know, we give her money for whatever it is and 
she'll say she'll want something or uh she, well she was trying to do the slime business right <laughs> big business yeah so she was trying to do the slime business and so i sat down with her and i said okay i'm gonna i'm gonna get you the supplies but you have to pay me back i said after you know you you sell it i said i need my portion back i said for what i invested what? <laughs> yeah i said and then you get to keep the profit and then she's like well, no, like that didn't make sense to her, you know? So we had to sit down and explain to her, like, that's not how it works. Or she'll you know? be like, like, I made 20 bucks today. And I said, like, no, you well, didn't make 20. in your glue and <laughs> yeah, time. You did, yeah. How much did you really take? Yeah, exactly. To- it's kind of sad. You know, we, we've got a great team. Uh, we wouldn't be where we are and what we are without our team. But, you know, I'm going to keep names out of this. But we definitely had someone a few years back and we asked them to cut a check for a vendor. And they didn't know how to write a check. Oh. And it's just like, how are we not taught mm. that in school? I'll give you a couple right? examples. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have, these are people that worked for you. Yes. Yeah. Some we had names, we had Ryan. some. We had a couple. Uh, out, well, they're millennials for sure. Yes. Yeah, and not to sure. pick on millennials, but it's okay, man. But and not to pick on the. Uh, I'm an old millennial. Okay, you're on the you're cusp. Already, yeah. <laughs> I'm a mid millennial. So not to pick on the educational system, right? But we had a couple youngsters. Uh, no names. <clears throat> Joseph and Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor guys. Uh, hey, you know, they're pretty young, but at some point it makes you think because they had to mail out something to some fans, like a sign sticker. They had or something. won something, like a contest. They had one job. Yeah. yeah. Okay. One job. <laughs> so they put in the envelope and they're kind of like whispering to each other and they don't know who's going to have the nuts to ask. And they're like, so where, where does our name go? Where does their name go? Where's the stamp go? Yeah. No, no, legit. Oh. For real. And, and where, the, go ahead. Oh, go put it in the uh, mailbox. What'd they say? Uh, is it the blue one or which one is it's it? Like, is, oh, wait, what is that? Is that that? Wait, wait, like, oh, that blue thing. Oh, I think I've seen one on the street before. No, you shove it in the disk drive in your computer uh, and like, you just email it over to someone, yeah. right? Now it's like, what's a disk? <laughs> yeah, yeah right? what's a floppy? Yeah, it was crazy when I got that text message. I was like, are they... I, I went like this. I said, are they really asking me They're this? They're pranking you. Yeah, right? No. I was like, I can't believe this. I was like, wow. I'm, I'm like an old grumpy guy. It's like, can you believe the nerve of these kids? <laughs> Don't know how to mail a freaking letter. Yeah, it's... it's I'll tell you one bad. thing. Chingo de Mayo, Sunday, <laughs> May right. 5th. Um, I think it's a perfect fit, man. Um, we're so excited. We yeah, are, we we're are so excited. Long overdue, because this has been kind of... Room, you know, mumblings for a little while. Our mutual friend, Donkey Boy. Yeah, shout out to Donkey Boy. Um, He connected us and um, he was like, Yeah, man, they're cool, man. They're laid back. They got a cool vibe. I was like, All right, cool. And uh, and sure enough, uh, but finally, we're able to, you know, uh, collaborate on a really cool event that I've been wanting to do on a major level. And uh, I think it's a great fit, man. I think it's a good look for the city. And we're expecting some out of towners. And uh, we haven't announced all the artists Mm -hmm. yet. Uh, shout out to the Chronicle uh, for the write-up, Joey Guerra. I'm I'm super excited, man. I, I told the team I was like the day of. Um, I just want to be like the mayor. I just want to be like uh, like not have to be stressed. I want to enjoy it and not be too much, you know, doing too many like putting out fires, any like production, like yeah. you know, somebody was twerking so hard they passed out. Quick. He's going to point at me. Take care of that. I don't want to do it. Honestly, I think all the stress is always leading up to the event and yeah. day of. I mean, what, what can you do anyway, right? Yeah. Just let go, enjoy, and, and take it in. It's, it's just as much your day as it is all the people are going to be there and share it. Yeah. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so distillery. Yeah, how, let's how, talk about how, that, Yeah, man. for real. So look, we got gin and vodka. Yes. What is that? Are these your two main? These are the two spirits we've got now. Um, this has been in the works for a while. We, uh, my partner, he's a brewer, he's a winemaker, and he's a distiller. Mm-hmm. And 
an opportunity presented itself and we decided to, you know, to act on it. But we started about a year ago, but really uh, the product's only been available in the market for about a month. Um, you can also visit us at the distillery, which is right across the street from the brewery, and that's open Thursday through Sunday right now. Um, you can try it neat. You can get it mixed. You can try a house signature cocktail, and you can grab a few bottles to go as well. Funny and, story real quick, not to interrupt you, Chingo. Yeah. Remember that thought? I had a friend who just went to go check it out. They bought a bottle. They went home. He was like, that was so good that I almost finished the entire bottle. I did not go to wow. work the next day. He said he didn't go to work the next I day. I don't think I can legally encourage that, but uh, <laughs> golf clap. Golf clap. Golf clap. <laughs> and it's eight times distilled. Yes. Dude. They're both, be an eight. both distilled <laughs> from corn. Um you know, traditional vodka or Eastern European vodka is traditionally potato. Western European vodka is traditionally wheat. And then uh, kind of American New World vodka is traditionally or commonly distilled from corn. Oh. Uh, both the gin and the vodka are distilled from corn. The vodka is eight times distilled. It's super clean, super smooth, just really, really easy to drink vodka for a vodka. And mm. the gin is a hopped gin. So gin is a neutral grain spirit that is infused or macerated with botanicals. Um, it definitely has juniper. It ain't gin without juniper, but juniper is not the strongest flavor profile here. This is not a gin that tastes like a Christmas tree. This is a little bit more moderate and mild gin, more citrus forward, lemon, lime, and orange peel being prominent flavors. And we actually do uh, uh, infuse it with uh, cascade hops that we use at the brewery too. It should make me thirsty. Yeah, right. That's dope. Anybody got, got another one, got by the way? Topo Chico or anything? Can, uh, we usually do. We usually do, but yeah. we don't have any right now. There there are any we're out. No, we're out. Topo Chico, if you're uh, listening, uh, I already reach out. I'm going to reach out to him again because they. I started the conversation, but it kind of like fizzled out. So we're going to yeah. we're going to reignite that. All right. Sure. Yeah. Along with the yeah. other one, you know. <laughs> well, hey, if y'all want to. Uh, Come to Chingo de Mayo, Topo Chico. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. yeah, they've actually done a few of our events. They've been oh, vendors sweet. there. I mean, cool. That's let cool. us know if we can help too. And reach so, out to them. so if we had Topo Chico, what would you have done? You'd have put some gin in it? I, you know, gin and soda with some lime. Same thing with the vodka soda and lime. Just Is that the Ryan special? S- simple ingredients. Um, you know, yes, that is the Ryan special. Um, it, just let let the let the spirit shine and, and just real smooth, really refreshing and I love me a lot of lime in my spirits. Yeah. Mm. Again, on the marketing tip, uh, the artwork's pretty fucking dope. This one has Oilers colors, bro. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Come on, man. Look at that. I did. You think Eighth Wonder was not gonna pay attention? <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> yeah, we went with very clean, simple look. You know, um, the beer. Not that it's busy, but you know, it's got. A different look and while this is well they're two different vibes they are they are totally. and yeah. you know the the brewery is super casual very laid back i think um you know a relaxed environment i'm not saying that the distillery isn't that but we definitely wanted to give it a little bit more of an elevated feel um i think when i think cocktails too i think like premium a, yeah a little yeah. bit more you know? absolutely yeah and uh, you know beer is kind of the every man's beverage right um we're not saying that our spirits are exclusive or stuck up or pretentious or anything like that but you know yes i think a, a fine cocktail deserves a, a, a fine spirit definitely because you have mixologists right you don't have that for for bartenders Correct. i mean right? you know we've got some very knowledgeable beer tenders at the brewery they know quite a bit about the brewing process and how to serve it and the different styles and all that but yeah you know typically they're just pulling a tap and pouring a beer and not saying that's not uh you know, respectable job or anything like that. And again, we always recruit the the best we can recruit. The spirit side of things, these are very knowledgeable and very talented bartenders. I mean, yeah. I can't 
I can't do anything that they're doing back behind that bar. I mean, if, if you ask for a vodka soda, I can pour you that. But if you're asking for a, a mule or a, you know, a, a passion party or a Mexican candy, I'm going to hand that off to the bartenders. Oh, that shit sounded delicious. Right? Uh, a Mexican mule? Mm. Is that what it was? We have a mule, but we also have a like a Mexican candy beverage nice. that tastes like oh. a spicy, sweet Mexican candy. Oh, that's my, that's mm-hmm. right up oh, my alley. Oh, like chamoy yeah, or something like, like that? Are you going like to the a, Crawfish uh, Festival? Yeah, mm-hmm. we're, we're here so that day, right? We're going to order that then. When we yeah, go. we are. Yes, we're definitely make that. your way across the street and, and have a few. So uh, Marisol is our resident crawfish expert. Really? <laughs> She's a fiend. I'm not. Me too, I dude. just love it. Me too. Like, I really, really, really love it. When I was pregnant, I wasn't supposed to have it. That was a mistake. You should have seen the way I woke up. <laughs> but I had to. It was like during season. Oh, her, and yeah, her feet. My feet. They look like little <laughs> overstuffed backpacks. Man, like it little. was so bad. Like, so bad. My face. Like every, I didn't even, I didn't do the whole swelling of the face like how most pregnant women. But after I had crawfish, it was like just swell up. I love crawfish dangerous. too. This is our uh, fifth year doing this crawfish event. Um, it's one of our biggest events of the year. We do live music. We've got this year Saigon House. They're boiling the crawfish, so expect some very tasty Vietnamese style crawfish. Ooh, um, yes. And get your tickets. That's April twenty eighth. What's the website? It is at eighthwonder.com slash events, and we've got a listing there for our tickets for our Crawfish Fest, tickets for Chingo de Mayo. So check out our website. You'll see what we're up awesome. to. Awesome. So what are your plans for Buenos Aires? What do you what are, like any kid thing? Bringing the kids for sure. Um, they're going to meet their cousins for the first time, but it's all family. It's all food and family. That's how I was raised and looking forward to spending time with uh, the new generation of, of family. Your parents so are I t- heard t- in t- our tango team. dancers. They're not tango dancers, <laughs> but um, they are definitely... Argentinians who grew up with tango and Malbec and empanadas and chorizo and and yes, a lot of meat in, in the family. <laughs> so I heard in Argentina, if you're married, you get you get a bonus. So it's a bonus for the male for being married. And like so at, you, work? at work, yeah. So if you um, I didn't get a bonus. <laughs> were you living out there? No. Oh, okay. Well, there. yeah, you have to live out there. Um, I met a couple on when I was on a trip in Mexico, and so she was saying like, boy, you know, the reason Americans you know the divorce rate is so high as i bet if they offered incentives for staying married they probably wouldn't i said incentives she goes yeah i said well, what do you mean she's like oh well in argentina she's like you know they give you incentives you know if you've been married x amount you make this much more bonus if you've been married wow. this amount you and i was like like, bi- like businesses businesses you it does have to be in like basically with what would be our corporate america it sure. would have to be that's their where you co- their corporate setting, corporate yeah. argentina wow yeah so I was like, are you kidding? She's like, no. And uh, she's like, my husband and I have been together 22 years. I said, well, just because he gets a bonus. She goes, no, no, we're happy. But I'm just, I'm telling you, <laughs> you know. Plus. Yeah, I'm she's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, she had to because her, uh, so her her uh, father-in-law is a plastic surgeon in Argentina. So she had all this work done. So she's like a perfect little Barbie. She, you know, she looked amazing. Interesting. And then she, you know, she had, had the natural blonde Some hair hatery. and blue eyes. Some you know? over here. Yeah. <laughs> she was, I was, you know, we were sitting, you know how when you go on those tour buses to go to like, I think we were going to the pyramids. Like sightseeing. Yeah. So she was sitting in front. That's all I was looking at. And I was like, God, Lee, is there nothing, anything wrong with her? I was <laughs> like, her hair was perfectly blonde. She had beautiful blue. I mean, I'm not hating on her. She just looked beautiful. She was like perfect, like a little human Barbie. Sips haterade. Yeah. <laughs> damn. And I was like, damn. And we started, I thought she was white. I, I had no idea that she was Argentinian. I'm not until sure we if this talking. fact still stands, but I know at one point, Argentina had more uh, psychologists and psychiatrists than per capita than any other nation in the world. 
Why? Why? I don't know. Maybe rules like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I guess they're into self-help and therapy. I guess self-help can happen in a lot of forms, right? Yes. (laughs) Do you want another? Anything else to drink? Want another one? Good. Good. Thank you. Appreciate it. Awesome. You? No, I'm still I'm still babysitting this uh, boss beer right here. Uh, But yeah, that that little subtle pineapple. Yeah, it's good. That was a that was a pretty good idea right there. So what other, I want to ask you about some failures maybe that you want to share about that you've had in the past. Sure. On the beer side or? Just on the entrepreneur side. You know, um, the, the starting up, we definitely were underfunded. And I think that it was a little bit of a stutter step going out and kind of, I guess, created some levels of stress. And I know any new business has levels of stress, but um, to really be counting your cash before you're even opening your doors really makes things difficult and puts a lot of undue stress. Um, but you know, we got through that and lesson learned and, you know, the next phase of, of growth for the brewery, we're going to make sure that we are fully funded and then have what we need to execute a successful, uh, expansion or what, what may be, um, you know, on, on the beer side, there's a saying, it's not, if you'll dump a batch of beer, but when you'll dump a batch of beer. And, you know, it happens. Um, it, it's it's a sad thing to see a lot of uh, resources, money, and time go down the drain. But we live by something that we're only as good as our last batch. Mm. And, you know, we're not going to release something that it doesn't meet our standards of quality. And thankfully with beer, you know, there's never been recorded uh, death or anything from a bad batch of beer. Now, you know, you can drink yourself to a stupor. That's a separate story. But I'm saying like an infected batch or poor quality, maybe you get a belly ache or something like that. But so with that being said, yeah, you know, sometimes a batch gets contaminated and you can do everything right. And sometimes that finished product just doesn't meet mm. your levels mm. of quality. And like taste or taste, mm. uh, appearance, aroma, mm. um, shelf stability, whatever it may be. Right. And yeah, it hurts to dump a big old Damn, batch of beer I down bet. the drain, but we, we, we've got to, cause the last thing we want is mm-hmm. to have a, a product that doesn't reflect us in, in the light that we want. Um, we even had to do, and thankfully it's only been one, but we had to do a product recall once. Um, early on, we, uh, when we first started canning rocket fuel, we had a few cans that were exploding and I'm, we're talking few we're talking like a handful out of like a hundred thousand cans that were released right but again we didn't want to take that risk and you know we identified it to an infected batch of uh, milk sugar uh, that basically was spoiled or contaminated from the supplier um, well you know we went back and bought all that beer back and that was an expensive uh, little mistake but again we didn't want you know the risk of those cans exploding in people's homes on the shelves what have you <laughs> I know there's some jokes in there but you know well just uh, plenty of rocket fuel exploding <laughs> jokes trust me we, we heard them that's crazy though like buying the beer back yeah is that how that works that's yes. like how to do it because yes. they already paid for it correct wow yeah, and you don't want to get on the bad side of the distributor or the bad side For of the retailers. Sure. I mean, they Shelf are space. our number one customers, right? And so, you know, they tell us to jump, and we we say, we ask how high. And if that ever happens, we just tail between our legs and make sure that we're taking you know taking full responsibility and ownership for it. Any big hiccups recently in distribution? No, we've got great partners. Um, I'll tell you, we have a trouble keeping up with demand. That's cool. That is, I mean. It's a good problem, but it's still a problem nonetheless. And really, during the summer, 
it's kind of peak beer drinking season and our little brew house struggles to keep up with demand and sometimes it will have out of stock and that's also not a good look i mean you might think oh they sold out you know that's a good thing we wish the retailers and the distributors would look at it like that but all they think is lost sales lost sales lost sales and Mm -hmm. they're right so you know trying to keep up with demand managing our production schedule um that is a ever-going battle yeah, because HEB is a is a is a big chain. They're a big player. Right. <laughs> and HEB's yeah. like, hey man, uh, Ryan, we need you to keep up with the production. For yeah, real, it's like it's fucking HEB, dude. Yeah, you can't slip with them. Yeah, they got they got a monster distribution, crazy fan base, cult following. Hundred <laughs> percent. They move Selena a lot of bags. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a collector over here, the Selena bags and Selena cups. And cups. Yeah. Nice. Well, cool, man. Well, Selena uh, lover. We apologize for the warmth that is accumulating because this little AC is oh, loud. I know, it's so loud. I'm supposed to be buying a uh, the, su- the silent quiet fans, fans yeah. and I keep forgetting. Yeah, and it's boiling hot in here. Yeah. No one even if only if only. It's <laughs> nice and it's, it just so happens guests. to be super hot today too, right? It's, uh, usually the early it's, summer is here. Yeah, usually it's like it's been cold outside, so it's like no need to yeah. have anything. And then it was like I told him I said we're gonna turn the. Uh, unit off. I of said, so noise. what's up with the... It's always like 30 minutes before the show, we're like, fuck, we We're like, now just again. crank it till they get here. It's yeah. like, oh, I forgot the fan. <laughs> Nothing a cold eighth wonder can face. That's right. That's <laughs> exactly. the commercial right there. there. Well, hey, man, we're looking forward to Chingo de Mayo. We are too. Um, Y'all got to get tickets. It's moving fast. Yeah, yeah. ChingoDeMayoFest.com. Mm-hmm. We're announcing the one of the contests today. So oh, maybe yeah. y'all can repost. Yeah, the Gladly. Grito. Yeah. Please. We want to make it a, a hashtag Grito challenge for... Yes. Uh, for the for you know Instagram and stuff, cool. so that people can do it and submit, and maybe maybe the prize is like a pair of tickets and like uh, a chance to participate in the day of cha- uh, yeah. contest, or, or maybe even better prize for the out of towners, the ones that can't come, like out of staters or something. They're cool. like, oh, I want to participate, you know, online winner, yeah, online <laughs> yeah. winner, yeah. 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 We can contribute eighth wonder merch, you know, shirt or hat or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. yeah. Well, maybe yeah, maybe we should put together a nice uh, bundle and, and we'll throw in like and a pair of tickets and a chance to. That'd be so, great. All right, for sure, man. But well, what, what about? I mean, are we going to share the details on the Michelada? Actually, yeah, yes. because a lot of people, restaurants. I don't know if we should prioritize like actual establishments and, or have it be a free for all. It's like an, an independent, like a garage Michelada yeah. maker, dude. Well, based on the DMs, like it's almost going to be like a battle of the like a battle of the bands, but battle of the restaurants. Like there's so many places. So you're getting a lot of inquiries. Yeah, so a lot of lot. that's the reason why we had sh- shot down the email because we were like, what? Even, what are the rules? They were like, even Donkey Boy was like, hey man, what are the rules? I, I guess yeah. people were asking him. Yeah, they were like, <laughs> we'll use only Eighth Wonder beer. Like, just let us know what's up. We want to just kind of see what's up. I, I mean, I say don't close the doors to anyone if they want to participate you know i think you got to have entry to the festival sure that's kind of the minimum requirement yeah. right? if, if they want to just do the ga entry mm-hmm. fine that's mm-hmm. great but i think that's got to be part of you got to be at the festival sure. to participate you can't just phone it in yeah, yeah. should we cap like how like 10 participants or? no if you've got you've got a lot of inquiries why well, just to a lot time in the run of show. Yeah, for like, like artists and initially, performances and stuff. Initially, I had a lot of 30 minutes. I would say, if, if we're going to put a number, I'd say between 20 to 30. Another thing to, to consider okay. with that is your judges. How much michelada are they going to have to drink? <laughs> sure. Like, uh, you know, an ounce. Just spit that's, it out like wine. That's 30 ounces, I guess, yeah. back to back to, to the head. That's what's up. And then if people are putting like, oh, too much lemon. So yeah, what we do, we do this, uh, it's called the Great Taco Challenge. We do that in November and it's a 
kind of similar. It's a taco competition, and we do this is actually four bars and restaurants. They come on site to the brewery and they <laughs> compete to make the best taco uh, mm. using Eighth Wonder Beer as some part of the ingredient, right? Oh, so wow. we'll have a judges panel, and what we do is we break them off into randomized heats. So let's call it groups of four or five, and you're going to be responsible for four or five. You're going to be responsible oh, for four or five. You're going to be responsible yeah, for four yeah. or five. Each of you select your top two. They advance, and you can do kind of a system like that so you're not eating 20 tacos sure. during the day. Right? They had me do that in Fresno. <laughs> it, was a, it was so bad. I it was, was like I a was, taco festival or something? I was competing for at the time for a bodybuilding competition, so I was just watching him, like, and all these tacos were, I like, just coming eat, and coming like, and coming. Not, they didn't babysit you, like, finish the whole taco, but it's still, it's like a bite here, a bite there, a bite here, a bite there. Chingo was training, too. He was doing taco curls. <laughs> <laughs> Man. That's funny. You just gave me flashbacks of how like full I felt. He was like, I can't anymore. What do I do? We gave you started giving them to midnight. Yeah, my buddy Midnight. You started giving them to yeah. He was like, Can you eat them? Like, tell me wait. You know, you think yeah. But shout out to the uh, Fresno Grizzlies because um, for one, an interesting thing about the Fresno Grizzlies, I I guess it's like double A or what do you call that? Farm League, right? Mm -hmm. I think they're the farm league for the Astros, and uh, they did a promotion. They hired some like really whiz kid marketing dude. And they changed it to the Fresno's Tacos. Nice. Fresno Tacos on like a Tuesday. And then it caught wind, like the merch. Yeah, now bonkers. And I think all the teams are now doing kind of like an, uh, like a one-off logo for one game or like a series. I've seen because there's a Texas team that does the, um, it's like the San Antonio Chanclas. <laughs> really? Oh, oh yeah. that must have been the missions. Yeah, I, that's right. I San think Antonio. it's the missions and they do a one-off like hat and jersey and I think they do like a home series and it's like the San Antonio and, Chanclas. And it's fun. Yeah. It's not, it's kind of novelty, but people like fun shit. Yeah. So thank you for stopping by, Yeah, man. my pleasure, y'all. Keeping it, keeping it fun in the beer world. Uh, Ryan, have fun in Buenos Aires. Thank you. And How long are you gone for? We're going to be there for nine days. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's a good amount. Yes. It's How long is that flight? It's a nine-hour nonstop. You take the red eye, mm-hmm. and you wake up, and you're in Buenos Aires. Sure. Wow. Yeah. What's well, we, the weather like right now out well, there? Well, I, I say wake up. I'm going to be with two children under the age of four, <laughs> yeah. so I don't know how much uh, sleeping we'll be doing. But um, it's winter down there. It's opposite season. Mm-hmm. It's on the other side of the equator, so we'll be packing some winter gear. But it's actually similar weather to Houston, both in oh, the summertime okay. and the winter, so it's not too bad. Mm, okay. yeah, they, cool. uh, is, it, is it Argentina that has, like, nine climate zones Yeah, or it's a like huge that? country. Um. You know, my family is from Buenos Aires. Uh, Once I've been to Mendoza, which is wine country, and it shares the border of Chile. That's beautiful. Um, But I think this time I'm going to spend most of our time in Buenos Aires. I'm going to do a day trip to Iguazu Falls, which I believe is one of the wonders of the world. Mm. Oh, cool. And take a little uh, eighth wonder shot out there. Is is Patagonia Argentina? Yeah, I believe that's on the southern, uh, most southern tip. Which is near like South Pole or some yeah. shit. Yeah, right, or Antarctica. Or not. One of those. It's cold, basically. They, they didn't teach me that in school My either. My point <laughs> is it's cold. They're entrepreneurs, <laughs> not geography majors, yeah, everyone. Exactly. It's okay. <laughs> well, cool, man. Yeah. We will see you guys at Chingo de Mayo. If that's you right. want the tickets, uh, before they sell out, go to ChingoDeMayoFest.com. And in case you miss Chingo de Mayo, make sure you go get you some Eighth Wonder and stop by their brewery. And the Crawfish Festival on April 20th. April That's 20th, right. we will also be uh, on well, the Well, 420, scene. we got a 420. The crawfish is 428. Then the following Sunday, Chingo de Mayo. A whole Damn, bunch of that's dope. Yeah, it's yeah. Back to back. Thank you guys for listening. Peace. Peace. Later. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. 
Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.